Welcome to Market Scale Building Management. I'm your host, Sean Heath, and today I have an opportunity to have a conversation with Stuart Ratzker, the president of Aerotherm Innovative Coding. Stuart, how are you today? Good. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking. Would you do me a favor and give me your elevator pitch of the history of Stuart Ratzker and how you wound up at Aerotherm? Well, uh, I've been in the industry, uh, in building uh, industry for, uh, I think, multiple lifetimes at this point. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, my early history goes back to research and development for the United States military. So I have a combination of a really good knowledge of industry technical materials and uh, just basic construction needs and and material sources so we're constantly on the lookout for new things and new ways to confront old issues and that's what my company does we import materials from all over the world in order to uh, bring the best that's available to uh, american business and homes so you have a uh, your entire career really is based on being curious wanting to seeing problems, seeing challenges and, and being driven to find solutions to those. So let's talk about one of the huge challenges. I mean, you took on a monumental challenge at Aerotherm and that is the problem of heat, thermal dynamics. That's, that's not a small subject to tackle. So let's try and break it down into some bite-sized pieces. Tell me a little bit about the formation of Aerotherm and really what your goal was when you first started on that path? Well, Aerotherm is something a little bit unique. This is actually a product which has been manufactured in Europe and we brought over into the United States. It combines two well-known cryogenic insulation materials. Now, I say well-known cryogenic materials because if you know what cryogenic materials are, it's well-known to you. Most people don't know what it is. And as a matter of fact, most people don't even know what cryogenic insulation is. Cryogenic insulation is the material that you would find in extreme conditions. If you wanted to get a temperature down to extremely low temperatures, or you wanted it to go to extremely high, or you were NASA, okay, and you were putting the Mars rover on Mars, you wanted materials that would be surrounding it that would not wear out and would protect from extreme cold and extreme heat. So these things were developed by, uh, for extreme conditions and extreme production. So the two products which were developed and have been put into Aerotherm are Aerogel, which is the best insulator known to man, and a product from the high technology division of the 3M company, which are micron-sized glass bubbles filled with gas. Now, what is a micron? A micron is about 1 the thickness of a hair. So if you can imagine how your glass windows install, how they protect you with insulation because they have gas in them, and now take that to micron-sized little glass bubbles filled with gas, and this and Aerogel, the two best insulators known to man, this is what the product's made out of. It was a special binder that allows us to make it into a plaster. So it's a, it's a fun product. And it, it actually is creating 
all kinds of new ways of doing things because it functions unlike any other material that is found in the United States or Canada. Now, I would imagine that you derive great pleasure from having someone approach you and tell you that what you say you can do is impossible, but then being able to show them the data that, oh, no, it's not impossible. We've already done it. That must really just put a smile on your face. Yeah, well, it, it, it's a real challenge because uh, the way the material functions is different than conventional thinking. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a whole different way of seeing something. You know, it's like, I'll give you a, an example. Conventionally, you would say that insulation, which is one inch, okay, two inches is better and three inches is better than that, fiberglass insulation. Well, aerotherm is not really insulation per se. Uh, it is thermally reactive material. It has a very, very low amount of energy that it takes to heat it and it absorbs energy and then once it has it okay it starts setting it off it's called secondary heat flux that's something which is completely unusual okay in what we're doing it's, it's not a low it although it has low emissivity okay it doesn't conform to what normally things are Okay, it works a completely different way. If you can think of it, roughly speaking, an aerotherm returns more than 90% back to the area where the heat came from. So that if we had uh, this installed on the interior of a house, which we do in, or in the building, which we do in places like in the Northeast, anywhere that's uh, cold in the winter, uh, we install on the interior, 90% of the heat, okay, gets absorbed into the material and gets reflected back. And then if we're installing this on the exterior of a building, then 90% of the heat gets absorbed into the material and gets reflected out at the same time. At listening to you talk, I am reminded of... Uh, British science fiction writer Arthur C. Clarke's Three Laws. And the one that comes to mind for most people is that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. But <laughs> listening to you talk, I'm reminded of his second law, which is the only way of discovering the limits of the possible is to venture a little way past them into the impossible. And that sounds like something you're doing just on a daily basis, that sounds like the norm for you. That has to be really fulfilling to to be able to push technology and knowledge in this particular field past what we think we can do. Well, I'll give you a little example of what, what actually occurs with aerotherm. We take a material which is one millimeter inside. Okay, just one millimeter. It's a very, very thin layer. When we go over to two millimeters, aerotherm is not, is not saving any more energy than it is at one. Okay, when it gets to four, it's not saving any more. 
it is once it reaches its thermal shield level, that's its almost perfect size. So aerotherm is saving 25 or more percent of the energy by its absorption and secondary heat flux, uh, and that's without taking up a great deal of space. It's a really unusual uh, product. Now, the original, when we talk about aerogel, that's a lot of people think, oh, that's one specific patented product. It's actually um, a group of materials that have a certain geometric structure. When I think of aerogel, I think of what I've seen over the last five or ten years in uh, in science uh, documentaries or in shows, and everything that I know about aerogel primarily tells me how ridiculously expensive it is to manufacture. You don't just walk down to the Home Depot and, and grab a roll of aerogel. There's not a box of it sitting on the shelf. How are you approaching the the cost of creation to bring it into the financially feasible uh, application? That's a, that's a really good question. Uh, what happens with the aerogel in this particular, it's not all aerogel, okay? It's a combination of the 3M bubbles, which has its own thermal signature and the aerogel. And in essence, what is, if you look on it on a microscopic level, the aerogel, which is in powder form, is sitting in between the bubbles of, uh, of flat. So on a very micron-sized level, okay, so the, it's, it's sticking itself in between. So it's having its thermal reactivity. So we get the nature of the aerogel, and we get the nature of the 3M bubbles. And combining them together, we, we reach a product which is efficient to produce and use in buildings. So uh, if we were doing aerogel alone, that aerogel would not only be rather expensive, but it would also be uh, very brittle, very brittle. So it could break down easily. Now, there are so many potential applications for aerotherm. I, we don't have enough time <clears throat> this year to talk about all of them. But a couple that, that I have noticed, number one, you've installed this in a nuclear power plant to reduce heat uh, on on pipes and roofs and uh, for that's amazing because when you think nuclear power plant i don't think of a super micron thick barrier <laughs> that helps reduce heat that is an illogical combination to me but you have employed this as a way to help social housing, specifically in the UK. And the reason you're able to do that is because of your ability to apply this as a solution to buildings that don't have cavity walls. Tell me a little bit about the realization that you can do that and how you employ that as a solution for them. Well, in the UK, they have, they have housing stock in the UK, which is uh, sometimes multiple centuries old. And their social housing, which, uh, for want of a better expression, is low-income housing uh, in the UK, uh, they have two separate problems. One is they have a lack of cavity walls for the most part. And secondly, they have problems with mold. 
So they have issues. A lot of their housing has mold issues. Uh, mold occurs as it, you could almost imagine mold uh, in an air conditioning system where they have ducts. Frequently, you will see moisture build up on the ducts themselves if they're not properly insulated on the inside. The reason for this is the dual temperatures that are going on, moisture goes directly over to the metal and starts absorbing onto the metal. The same way inside of a, a building, when the walls, when it's hotter, you know, outside and the, the two different temperatures, high, cold, colder outside and hotter inside, that as the heat is transferring through the building, with it is coming moisture. And those perimeter walls get wet. Everybody's seen it in common housing. They have more so the problem over in, in the older the housing is. When aerotherm goes onto those perimeter walls, they heat up very quickly. So they have a mean temperature, which is not consistent with the uh, production of mold. So it naturally fights mold. It's not an antimicrobial, but it, it creates a situation where mold doesn't like to grow. So number one, it helps mold the stop of mold growing. And secondly, uh, it is dealing with uh, a, a greater efficiency in heating the buildings that were never really designed to be efficient in heating. So we can take those buildings, which are social housing buildings, and with one millimeter, uh, in essence, plaster skim, uh, the housing can increase its efficiency by 25 or more percent. And not only can it increase its efficiency, it actually feels warmer than that because it's also reflecting back high ultraviolet light frequencies, which actually warm you even more. So uh, you're not only warmer, but you feel even warmer. That's kind of cool situation. You know, that leads me to another question. If you're able to do that with this century housing or this pre-century housing, then you should also be able to apply this because it's a non-destructive application. It's an integration. Does that mean that you could utilize this in, say, art museums and, and older buildings that are, not only do they house art, but the buildings themselves are artistic without causing any problems? Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, they had a construction in Eastern Europe in the Czech Republic uh, where they built a new uh, museum. It was a museum of the, of the moving image, a moving museum. And in their design and construction, the engineers, they put in uh, radiant floor heating systems uh, and because they did not want to have radiators on the walls and they didn't want to have forced air. And um, they finished the building and it was and when they started occupying it, they found this was in 2017, 2016 they occupied and uh, they found that they undersized their heating system. And they were uh, like 25 to 30 percent undersized in their heating system. So they came to us to install aerotherm on the building in the hopes that it would help balance out the heating system. Uh, according to the building owners, the museum, they told us within um, two days, the building museum's temperatures 
we're up between two and three degrees centigrade, which is five and seven degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, that means like, for example, 63 degrees to 70 degrees, which is a very large amount. And they found at the end of the season, they had actually saved 25% of their energy. So it's, it's, they have a combination of making the material, the walls, the systems more efficient and as well to make it uh, to, to work better. So it's fun stuff. It's able to be used in a, in a delicate, sensitive environment where pieces of art are being curated, but there's an insane amount of rugged durability that Aerotherm also can just be thrown into the fire, so to speak. Didn't you do a project at a tire plant? Yeah, that, that's, we used Aerotherm industry for the tire plant. Uh, yeah, it, again, there's, uh, the tire plants have like little tire kilns, if you can imagine them. They, they look like the outside of a tire in that kind of shape. And in, after they put the, the, the rubber or the material that they're using in to make the tires, they're heating up these areas to cure them. Uh, the manufacturer of the tire plant wanted to keep the temperatures on the outside of the, the, the tire kilns lower. They, because it had to do with environmental safety for, for their people. Uh, so the first thing they did is they had us coat the tire kilns with aerotherm industry. And, uh, afterwards they tested everything. They found actually that their tire kilns, uh, were running more efficiently. They would heat up more quickly and they would stay warmer longer. So they were actually saving themselves some energy. Or they did it specifically for industrial safety concerns, but they ended up saving money on it too. It's a really, it's a, it's an interesting story. It's a, it's basic. The spectrum of uses that you have already figured out for Aerotherm are pretty crazy. And I, and I say that with wonder and uh, a bit of being stricken by awe with just the ridiculous use cases that you've come up with. But I bet you see a couple of uses that haven't been employed yet. What do you see on the horizon for Aerotherm? Well, we're working on all kinds of projects every day of the week. Uh, just this week, uh, we had a call from someone in Hawaii. It was a milk processing plant where they wanted us to and we probably will end up doing it. Uh, they're talking to us about installing aerotherm on the exterior of the building to keep heat off of the milk processing plant and off the, the large, uh, milk containers. I, I'm not exactly what they're called, you know, the, that they, that they process the milk and they homogenize it in. Uh, they needed it to make, cause it's pretty hot in Hawaii. And so they're looking to decrease the exposure to heat over there. So that's one project that we're working on. And of course we work in the opposite side too, where we, we're working to keep heat into areas. So it, it sounds like a funny thing. We, we put, uh, we put aerotherm on the exterior buildings and the exterior products that we're trying to keep the heat away from it. And then we put it, we put it toward the interior levels if we want to keep it in. So it, we, we put it on radiators. We put it on, uh, on, uh, on burners. You know, all all kinds of different applications. It, 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 it's almost without end what we can do with it. 
As you continue to find these innovative applications, I would imagine that there's some recognition that starts to show up when people realize just how amazing it is, the things you can do, right? Well, we were, uh, we did our national introduction of Aerotherm at the International Builders Show. That's uh, the, the national builder show uh, in, here in the United States. That's the largest builder show in the U.S. And a very funny thing happened to us, actually, too. We actually won a Best of the Show award at the National Home Builder Show, but we had a very, very funny story, which I'm going to share with you. Uh, so we, in order to talk about these materials in, the, in show form, rather than just tell people what cryogenic insulation is, I had all kinds of literature on our table, which was written by NASA. So, in other words, these were documents which were written by uh, J.P. Sass and uh, uh, T.M. Barrett and Baumgarten and Lon and Esquire. These were all some of the top people at NASA uh, who deal with uh, with these insulation materials. And uh, as one day we're right in the middle of the show, it's a three-day show, uh, all of a sudden, somebody comes by and is walking by the show, and they're wearing a NASA shirt. Now, I actually did not leave my booth very much because I was always answering people's questions. And this person who was from NASA, it turned out they were down there promoting NASA spinoffs. So they actually had a booth in the very same row as me at the show, which was two gigantic buildings down in Orlando, Florida. So now she sees Aerotherm there, and she goes, oh, my goodness. Your aerotherm is made of aerogel and 3M bubbles, the, the glass bubbles from 3M that we use. They said, do you know that aerogel is one of our spinoffs? And we're in right now, in we're evaluating 3M bubbles as a spinoff item. And I said, no, I didn't know you were evaluating that. Okay. And she said, would you like to be on the NASA website? And I said, sure, I said, we'll test you. We'll, we'll do all kinds of things. And she asks me whether I'd be interested in actually installing it in her home. Okay. And we're having all kinds of fun and all kinds of conversations. So this was actually the second day of a uh, uh, three-day show. So now the next day I decide I'm going to see if I can find the NASA booth. And sure enough, I walked down my row, and there's the NASA booth, and there's the engineer who I had run into, and and she had told me that the people who were right, who wrote the papers that I was using were in the booth. And sure enough, I walked by, and there's five engineers in the booth, all promoting uh, NASA spinoffs. And she goes, "There he is, the guy I was telling you about." And I said, "And I said, come over, come over." And it was, all of a sudden. I had five engineers from NASA all surrounding me asking me questions about aerotherm. They're all excited. And then one of them grabs a camera and he goes to someone passing by. He says, could you take a picture of us? And he goes over and has them take a picture of myself in between five NASA engineers. And they're all excited about this concept of a insulating material for a building trade made of aerogel and 3M micro bubbles. And I thought to myself, wow, this is wild. Okay, I should be taking a picture with them and showing this to my grandchildren, not the other way around. It shouldn't be NASA saying, oh, look at this guy we met at the show. Isn't this great? It should be the other way around. But that's the nature of Aerotherm. It's, it's really in its own way quite innovative.
So it's exciting to them. One of the things I love about that story, Stuart, is it's going to drive Elon Musk absolutely crazy <laughs> that you were a rock star with the NASA engineers. And I'm going to make sure that he hears this podcast. <laughs> well, it's a, it, it should be fun. Maybe, who knows? Maybe in one of his cars we'll have uh, Aerotherm. It'd be kind of fun. I'm going to get a little nerdy here for the last question. Now, Aerogel, not many people know this, was originally created as a result of a bet in 1931. Um, uh, two engineers were betting over who could replace the liquid in uh, a jelly with gas without causing shrinkage. So have you ever been tempted to take a block of Aerogel to win some bets with friends or strangers? You can tell me the truth. You can be honest. Have you ever used Aerogel to win a bet? Well, we've had we've had actually, uh, not gambling, uh, but we've had bets with engineers. And uh, I tell you a funny story. Uh, there was an engineer who was absolutely certain that our product couldn't work because we don't quote an R value. One of the problems with our product is from an R value point of view is part of the mathematics of an R value is thickness. Uh, so uh, this doesn't work for for our product. Uh, the uh, so what he did was he was going to design a thing which is going to absolutely prove that our product couldn't work. So he took a stove and he put on half of the stove uh, uh, aerogel, and on the other half he didn't coat it. Then he took two ice cubes and he measured the time that it was going to take the ice cubes to melt. Now, he thought the ice cubes would melt at the same rate or very close to it. And in fact, he found out that within 40 seconds, his ice cubes would melt and it would become air, uh, water vapor. But on the aerotherm side, it didn't melt at all. And uh, he kept uh, going from 40 seconds to a minute, and then he just stopped recording because he was upset. And, and then he sent us the video, which was very nice. <laughs> That is that sounds like a fun day at work. And I appreciate you taking the time out of your work day today to talk to me about this just mind blowing, absolutely fascinating topic. Today, I've had the pleasure of having a conversation with the president for Aerotherm Innovative Coatings, Stuart Ratzker. Stuart, thanks so much. This has been really cool. Uh, thank you very much. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.